Welcome to the podcast today. It is Tuesday, Tuesday, September 28th. Uh, Apologies for missing yesterday. Details in a second. Um, And then after Alex and I are done, uh, Janet Amid will be on with us. It's been mostly my fault in not connecting better with her over the last couple of weeks, but Janet will be uh, slapped on to the end of today's episode. Do you want to mention what you just did to me off the podcast, on the podcast? Um, You know, it's... I, I've mentioned it before. I'm going to get a COVID test later. Um, there is a possibility that there was some exposure. I will say, though, I have a habit. I feel like I have a habit of having, like, um, what is it called? Psychosemantic, like, like... I, I feel like I hear something and then all of a sudden I start to feel those symptoms. I wasn't feeling the greatest um, the last like couple of days up to today. And so the precautions I was taking was just keeping my distance from people. Thomas slept on the couch last night wearing a mask, you know, out and about today, including um, at work. I am still here at work. Um, I am vaccinated, though. Um, and... <laughs> I did find out that there may be some things, you know, there may have been some exposure um, that I had late last week, like very late last week. So, but that I found I was not feeling well and admitted to not feeling well before I found out that there was potential exposure. So it wasn't my mind playing tricks on me because I wasn't feeling well first. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to establish that. Like, I, I've only had, how many, what, two COVID tests, Eric? Like, I've only ever had two COVID tests during the pandemic, and they've both been negative. I I usually don't go in that direction, and I probably wasn't going to had I not been been informed that there were, may have been a chance that I was exposed. So, um, yeah. Better you, safe you never know. than sorry, even if you're vaccinated. Exactly. You, I, like me, like, I sit in here all by myself. I'm alone most of the day. I just didn't want to be that careless person that came into work with it, causing whatever broken protocols. But hopefully it should be pretty quick for you to get your test where you're going to a pharmacy or something. Yeah. So that's actually a really good question. And that was one thing that I wanted to share. So I tried the libraries. They don't have any test kits available. The library had been well known to have test kits at all of their locations for you to take home. They are completely out and they said they were waiting on a shipment. And then I tried area Walgreens pharmacies because that's where I got my COVID test before. None of them had appointments until like Friday. However, Rite Aid. So I did hit up Rite Aid and Rite Aid had multiple appointments available today at um, the Perrysburg location, which is convenient for me. But I think they also had appointments in Toledo, too. Oh, God, hold on. Last time I got a COVID test, I don't remember when it was. I can't even remember why I got it. But I was on the treadmill at the gym, and did I? Have, yeah. I think I had. I think I had cold symptoms. Yeah, I did have cold symptoms for like 36 hours, maybe not even that long. And right, they just had like a litany of of open tests, so we had at least reached the point where they were readily available. Even though, yeah, I know the library offered the the rapid tests, so yeah, um, it, it, it's it's so different. Whereas a year ago. It was incredibly hard. You had to schedule days out for a test. Now, if you hit the right spot, and you you likely can, as you did with Rite Aid, it's like, yeah, I'll just go over there in a half an hour, and uh, hopefully all is good. You, you've needed more up your nose since this all began, <laughs> like I've gotten. 
Well, I mean, I would say it actually has been difficult. Most of the people that I know have also had a difficult time. So that's why I wanted to share this information because Rite Aid, like having availability was kind of shocking to me because nowhere else do they have availability or they do. And you have to pay like 50 to a hundred dollars, which I just, I know this sounds terrible, but I just wasn't willing to do like, <laughs> is, that for, is that for the rapid test though? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they, I didn't see any specification on that. I think Rite Aid has some sort of programming or dollars available. Um, so that was why they, um, that was why they had availability. I remember the option of being able to select the rapid test for a fee. And I was like, no, I'll just be super careful, especially now since my symptoms have, have gone away a bit. And I'll just be careful going into work. I'll stay masked up, tell everybody to stay away from me. But yeah, I think the fee could be for the rapid test. Although with things changing, like uh, Bethany and I talked about on Friday, how um, if you're not going to get vaccinated and you can, it's possible your COVID care costs might wind up being the size of an avalanche. Uh, no more freebies knowing that you could get vaccinated and um, put the brakes on whatever you might have gotten. Um, I do want to come back to a COVID thing shortly because there's a big story uh, done by somebody who my fault, her fault, most, it's it's everybody's fault that we haven't been able to ca- catch up with. But uh, some front page stuff in the Blade News slide today, a woman who was um, less than one in a million, but she was that one. We'll get to that shortly. Um, Wasn't here yesterday because I've been feeling super weird lately and I can't quite put my finger on it, but Sunday was definitely an odd day for me and it resulted in me saying, "I, I I just can't, I can't do it today, which was yesterday. So Sunday morning, wake up early to go to the Coleman race. Waking up early is not the big deal that it used to be for me. But I get over to work here to get loaded up so we can go downtown. And my debit card is not in my pocket. It's not in the new, the normal places where I leave. I usually leave my debit card and you the same places you put yours. And I don't lose stuff. I don't lose keys. I don't lose my phone. I don't lose, I don't lose the important things that are commonly lost by most people. Keys, debit card, phone. Those are the popular ones, I guess. It wasn't here in the studio. I didn't drop it anywhere. No, I didn't. I didn't. No. So I call Tim Hortons up and it's the, uh, the Tim Hortons near where I live on airport. And I said, Hey, I was just there about 15 minutes or so ago. And this was sometime in the five o'clock hour. I said, did I leave my, and she said, yes, you did. And then I had to figure out, do I run over there now or do I go and grab it after I wrap up the day's work? So that was um, one extremely uh, out of character thing that I did. I How did I leave it there? I pulled away from the drive-through because that's the only thing they have. I pulled away from the drive-through before they could give me my debit card back. Okay, so so I'm in a little bit of a brain fog as it is. I'm coming back from the Coleman stuff downtown, and I run a red light. And also, I I wasn't on my phone. I was just daydream daydreaming a little bit. So two highly out of character things. Sunday was not a good day, and yesterday was just like you know what? We're gonna sleep this shit off. 
Hi, welcome back. Do, do you ever run a red light and you didn't even realize you ran it? Like, ne- <laughs> never, never. Um, I've done that with stop signs, and I've been close to doing it. Is that Jade? Yeah, that's Jade. Um. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Jade. Yeah. <laughs> she did it with stop signs. Yes. I think I. <laughs> I, I loosely think I've done that before, this, but never with a light. Like I, I was, I was shocked that I did it. In fact, I think the person went through their green that I ran, and I got to think that they lived in this, and they lived in the apartment complex next to the station here, because that person followed me, and <laughs> I was like. I was preparing myself, like, okay, what is this person going to do? Like, they want to say that I almost killed him, or, but they didn't. I, they were, they were gone when I went inside the building as I was waiting to be confronted. But it was like my head was in a weird place on Sunday, and it still isn't out of it. But I needed to get my ass back to work and be a little productive today. So very out of character things um, on Sunday for me. But here we are. Can can we talk more COVID stuff? Yeah, yes, we can. Sorry about that. I had to take a call. You're fine. You're fine. Mm. Um, There was an article in The Blade today. Ashley Johns, she got Mm. the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And about a month after that, she had um, what amounts to like some inflammation with with her heart. uh, The myocarditis Mm -hmm. thing or pericarditis. Now, it's all kinds of weird. I highly encourage you to... Check out the article. I've got it up on the uh, the show in the Eric Chase Facebook page. I also shared it back over to my regular Facebook page. And it seems like she'll be okay. She might have to take some medication for a while. And in the story, it says she's like less than one in a million where you're four times as likely to get what she's been going through if you had COVID rather than this bizarre side effect. And there was also... As timing would have it, another story on the co- on the front of usatoday.com uh, about this same thing and how rare it actually was. And it was just weird to see her, a, a local story about this same day that that's posted. So I didn't see it in the story. And I meant to ask Caitlin, um, did she... Now, this woman, you can understand why and, and the hell that she has gone through. You know, she can't endorse the vaccination. Um, sh- I don't think she's going to get any future ones. So there's some math here in play that I want to talk about, and I don't want to come off as being too cold towards her, but it's, it might come off like that in some ways, but this is the reality of things. But I want to know if she had COVID, and this isn't necessarily a side effect, because I think you'll remember, it, might, it was probably in the fall, it was about a year ago, mm-hmm. when a lot of um, college athletes were a lot, and I say relatively speaking, college athletes who had COVID had this myocarditis, this this heart inflammation. Mm-hmm. And that's when like the Big Ten and the other conferences said, we're just going to shut this thing down. And then once they got farther out from that and realized that these athletes were okay and they wanted to make money, they went back to playing college football. So I'm curious if this woman, even though she was vaccinated, this isn't a side effect from the Johnson & Johnson, but it, it is a symptom or something that COVID did to her I, and I don't think in the article, Caitlin said whether she had been tested for COVID, everything was just attributed as a side effect of the vaccine. Because what's also weird is these issues didn't crop up till a month later. Whereas if you have side effects from most vaccines, like, and this is like, 
a blanket thing. They're usually right after you get it. So a very peculiar story. And I'm not saying I distrust this woman. And it's terrible that somebody has to be the one in a million. And it's unfortunate that it was her. But sometimes for the good of science... Look, um, a lot of people are going to die in car accidents today. It's just the risk of the roads. Um, But the numbers say that it's still a very safe thing as all these vaccines with all the information that we have at this very moment. It's worth the risk rather than dying from COVID. And again, if these numbers of like one in a million, unfortunately, that's the societal sacrifice that we have to make so that we can save countless other lives. And it's just terrible that it happened to somebody here relatively close in our community. So you and I kind of have the exact same response to some, to this, um, like literally almost exactly the same. Um, she, they actually stated in the article that her symptoms came three months after she got the vaccine. And so my, again, like I, I agree with you, like I, this woman went through hell, so I'm certainly not invalidating her experience but how can you determine, quantify, like how can you determine that that came from the vaccination, especially since it was three months later? Like, how do we determine that? Um, and that's, a, that's not public knowledge because it's her health history and her health record. But that, would, that was my first question. Um, be, when, that doesn't mean that there's not like... Um, People who react to the vaccine. I know a couple people who did one person, one person who did. And her doctor said and that and, and when I say her reaction, she had a reaction literally the same or next day. And they even said there's no way to determine if it, that was from the vaccine or not. It could have just been from a invec- an infection, a viral infection. So I know that there's some physicians that are probably less likely to make that assumption that it's coming from the vaccine than others. And with that three month gap, because she said she got her diagnosis or had her challenges in July, but she got her vaccine in April. Like, how can we put two and two together, you know? Yeah. Um, I did reschedule Caitlin for tomorrow. And maybe, oh, great. maybe we can ask her that aside from all the gun violence stuff. But yeah, I, I have I have questions. And also, it seems like she was an extremely healthy woman, 34 yeah. years old. And all those college athletes were obviously extremely healthy, fit young men who were getting the, the heart issue as well. So I don't even want to attribute it completely, nor do I want to um, invalidate Caitlin's work Correct. or what this Correct. woman went through. I mean, she went through a terrible thing. I had to get like a heart catheter or something, and it was like kind of an emergency she procedure. She did, yeah. But I'm not going to like tie the vaccine and a side effect to, to that. However, when it comes to all these things, there are costs, I mean... Not to nerd out, but um, <laughs> we, go, we go like 40 years ago or 35 years ago. Spock said the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to those people who do volunteer for these clinical trials because some things get really ugly and really sideways. But the lives you're saving or potentially saving is uh, is really important. And the only way that I could make this sound less cold and more empathetic is would you give up a loved one in your life or yourself for that kind of large good and because i can compartmentalize pretty well i would say yes but it's for as in like a trial like uh if you're 
or, or a trial, or if you knew that they were going to be the one in a million, like you had to get, you had to sacrifice their life knowing all the good that would come from it. And you can never actually do that. But when you be in, when you're in these trials, that could happen. But bad things happen, unfortunately, in, in a really cold calculating way. Um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, like car companies don't do like hard recalls. Um, they would rather pay out the sums of money because it would cost them more if they had to pull all those cars off the road and the panic that, that mm-hmm. would induce and fix all those vehicles. They'd rather deal with the social and financial cost of a baby flying out of a window or something like that than the headache of pulling all those cars off the road. And that's hard to comprehend but that's sadly how a lot of businesses and entities do the math. And thankfully, that's not the case here. But when it comes to health issues, things could get pretty ugly. But you just have to hope and know that at the end, ultimately, lives will be saved because of whatever sacrifice was made. So I have like a little bit of, I don't know, like maybe a little bit of a unique experience. When I was a kid... Um, I participated in a lot of vaccine trials and a lot of like medication trials. My mom was like the lead secretary for the pediatric department of pharmacology and clinical care at UH, like in Cleveland. So I grew up in the, in the field of um, like farm research and medication research and vaccine research for kids. Um, and so I participated in a lot of those trials. Like I, there, I remember going there and being at work with her and having to go to exam rooms. I remember getting paid like 20 bucks to do it. You know what I mean? And spending that time with my mom. Um, and it, I forget, you, I for, really forgot about that experience until like the last couple of weeks um, because we still have people that are very close in our lives that um, were doctors at that time. One specifically is now the senior advisor for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and lives in Washington. Um, Mike Anderson, Dr. Mike Anderson, and we talked to him this weekend because I said, hey, you know, I want to get a booster shot, but Moderna hasn't released their booster shot yet. Like, how do you feel about cross um, taking like cross? I, I don't know, cross vaccines, crossing vaccines for the sake of the booster, because Target Pharmacy says that it it would be OK for me to get the Pfizer if I don't have any other option. And they said, call them back. And he, you know, he responded and he said, I'm not crossing my boosters because there's not enough data. And I trusted him, you know, because of his work and because of what I know and what I remember. But I can't, I don't, I don't know. And we should, maybe we should have him on. I'm sure he'd do it if he wanted to, um, if he could. But I, I can't say that if it was my kid, would I want them in a vaccine trial? Though you're right. Like those, I'm, my point of all of this is the people who like, put themselves out there to be the trial, you know, humans for for the vaccine testing this time last year and the kids that were doing that this time last year, like those are the real heroes. I don't think they get enough recognition for that, if that makes any sense. Like that's scary, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and I, good for them. I wish you wouldn't have discredited the vaccine. That Agreed. Specifically. Uh, and Agreed. I can answer my own question with this. Like if, She's of that mindset. I only imagine the doubts she could have had in her head as more medical procedures are being done to her. And she could be like, well, maybe I, should, I shouldn't trust all, all of this whole thing. But then you got to mm-hmm. go, well, there's, there's a lot more 
research and data and success behind the, the cap and all the other heart things that were done to her. But um, I get it. Uh, I'm not going to discredit her personal experience. And you can try to speak all the sense and logic into somebody, especially when something emotional or traumatic has happened and they just won't take it anymore. So I'm curious to talk to Caitlin about this situation as as well. I, I put it on Facebook. It reminded me in 2014 when I got LASIK. Mm-hmm. And everybody said, they're going to wake up and be able to see 2020. Well, the fuck that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> I had to have, I had to have the, the same procedure done the very next day. And it was uh, a hellish week where I, I wasn't thinking the worst, but it was when somebody tells you X is going to happen, like you're literally going to open your eyes and see 2020. And outside of blindness, the farthest thing from that did happen and it was a shitty couple of weeks. But um, day by day, it improved. And I always tell people, look, I am the one of the worst case scenarios when it comes to LASIK, which millions of procedures have been done. I was mm-hmm. the one in a very large number. And I would absolutely tell you to get it done, especially where, where, where the Coke bottle glass land I came from. <laughs> Same um, for me. You know that. <laughs> it was it was worth it and it's funny it goes back to the to the people that were like 15 months ago well there's risk in everything yes so my yes there is and and sometimes you need to take those risks for others or for yourself i have always thought about lasik cuz i also have coke bottle glasses that i just refuse to wear out of the house however you are not the only person my sister like you're the second person very close to me my own sister is like lives on um, eye drops, like prescription um, assigned eye drops because her tear, like she literally has She's dry chronic eyes. dry eyes. It's chronic. called Restin or something. Oh, I can't remember it. It's, it's super popular. Yeah, she has chronic dry eye and that was as a result of her LASIK. And she got LASIK, I, I want to say she got in like 2010. So for me, that it must have been early on. For you, it was like 2014. We're now in 2021. So like there's a diff like that difference may make a difference if I were to go and get it. But because I know you had um, kind of those it's scary, like something like that to me is more scary than a vaccine. Well, you're you're awake for it and you're you you can't see it, but they are doing microsurgery on your eyeball. And uh, I looked up the medication. Is it restasis? Does that ring a bell? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't even. That's usually the one. Yeah, but you can't undo it where like even with the vaccine, I mean, you may have some adverse effects, but like you most likely will go back to some sort of normal, except for those weird cases of the people who lost mobility or like, you know what I mean? Something like that, that you only find on the Today Show every 10 years. Um, But like to me that going through LASIK is a lot more brave than getting a vaccine. Well, <laughs> to me, they do. They give you some. They offer you some Valium, and yeah. I mean, yes, I was a little weirded out when they, like, pinched my, my eye Ooh, open. Oh God! Oh. Um. So they hold obviously your eyelid open. It's kind of like when you go to the dentist and oh, they I give can't. you that thing for your mouth. They <laughs> do can't. that with your eye, and then they literally open up like the lens of your eye, and then at that point, you can't see anything. Um. Like it just looks like you've opened your eyes up underwater. And at that point, 
I mean, you got some volume. I think they numb the area a little bit, but it, it's something. But the payoff for it, for me, was worth it. And when I was finally able to see without glasses, I was like, this shower is disgusting. Why didn't anybody say anything? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I literally took my earbuds out and moved them away from my ears because I could not listen to the description of how they perform LASIK oh, for the sorry. listeners that wanted to hear that. I mean, it's not about me. It's about the folks that are listening to us. So like, <laughs> anyway, um, I have contacts though, and I, I live by my contacts and I can see just fine. Um, except for those rare occasions where my allergies are like kicking in or I need to change my contact prescription. But like, I'm just going to swear by contacts and just call it a day. I was there too until I couldn't wear a contact anymore in my left eye. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, if I... I don't even want to talk about it. I'm, I'm in too delicate of a place right now to even bring up any kind of packed <laughs> left eye. Um, some some happier things. Uh, so, when I, I saw Melissa Sunday morning at the Komen race, and um, huh. she had gotten Dunkin' Donuts for all of Matt's volunteers. Matt was doing a lot of race stuff. And I said, did you go to the one on Central? She said, No. I went to the one on Navarre. What? These Dunkin' Donuts are popping, popping up, up out of nowhere with like little to no fanfare. Like I flat out didn't believe Ashley when she said, yeah, there's a Dunkin' Donuts and Mommy on Conan. I'm like, stop it. I would have been alerted to this. And yeah, I guess this, this one popped up in Navarre with just as little fanfare. I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset. Eventually there'll be near me and I will have some serious coffee conflicts to decide on but mm -hmm. welcome to the area Dunkin Donuts well like you can't beat the Panera um, subscription I actually looked it up today Jade and I were talking about it and I looked it up to potentially just purchase it today but I didn't because um, I knew I wasn't going to Panera today um, you, you really can't beat that so like while they're popping up around here I'm going to need them to hop on the subscription um, bandwagon because I will totally get one um, but yeah, like there's one in Perrysburg now. I did not know there was one on Navarre, but I remember us talking about the one in Maumee. Um, I appreciate that so much. But if we can add like one more place that I need to start popping up um, is we love chicken in Toledo. We live by like we love us some chicken and the Chick-fil-A lines are proof of that. The chicken sandwich lines at Popeye's are proof of that. KFC. I mean, whatever. I need a Raising Cane's to come out here beyond Sandusky. Like, I need it in our area, <laughs> please, because I just live for it. And I, I was at Panda Express the other day, and, and I guess whoever owns Panda Express also owns, like, Raising Cane's locations. And, the, you know, anyway, and I saw that, and I'm just like, can somebody listen to me? Somebody hear me, please. I'm going to will it into the universe, Raising Cane's in Toledo, Ohio in 2022. If... If and when we ever do get a Raising Cane's here, if we don't get one, it's because Jordan's track was too goddamn annoying. <laughs> if, we do, if we do get one, that boy will streak naked with, yes. no, with nothing but a chicken sandwich covering his dick from yes. up and down the trail or wherever this place <laughs> lands. Because yes. not a week goes by where he's not you know, reminding people of his effort to get a Raising Cane's here. I will join him in all of the efforts except streaking up and down the trail. I want a Raising Cane's here. That bread and the dipping sauce 
and then the fry. I mean, it's so simple. Like it's such a simple menu for the food to be so damn good. Like it's so good. And Sandusky is just too far for me, although I will likely make the drive at some point once they open just so I can have it because it's been years, legitimate years. Like the last time I saw Raising Cane's is when I was in California and I didn't get to go because everybody wanted In-N-Out Burger. Like, I don't know what's wrong with them. They can get Cane's. Well, because you can only get In-N-Out Burger out there. You can get Raising Cane's within a brief drive here. I think we've shown that we have the ability to sell out on some fucking chicken. Like every Chick-fil-A line I know has basically the police department directing traffic out there. They cause car accidents. They're sued by other businesses because it's that popular. I feel like we have the ability to do the same thing with a Raising Cane's if they strategically place it somewhere. So I'm here for it. I'm with you, Jordan Strack. Do it. Let's get it done. I put they hope. Uh, I- I hope they I hope they put one or several right across from Chick-fil-A just so we can have like chicken wars. <laughs> yes. Chicken would that not make us like could you imagine like what if there it was so busy at that intersection because of the two chicken places we would make that. Oh, you just cut out. The chicken god struck you down. Was that you or me? No, that was you. That was you. The how, chicken. Do, how do I just automatically lose connection? Obviously, the Lord was telling me to stop talking about fucking chicken. The Chick-fil-A God struck you down. It's fish. Fish they need to have. Um, some other kind of fun stuff. Your show got rene- renewed for a second season, but what stories are left to tell in Sex Life Season 2? Oh my God, many. Like she, <laughs> I told you, she left. You know, they ended the season... Like they did like a Twilight style like drop off at the very last scene, right? And then, and then the screen just went black when our woman, our our leading lady, showed up at at her. Um, what was we called this? It was called something. This kind of man, like she showed up at his apartment, like at his condo, and she's like, um, "This changes nothing. I still love my husband." Basically implying like she was finally giving in to her desires and going there to have sex with him. Um, but she said, I still love my husband. This changes nothing. So it was essentially her taking control and just like, not necessarily doing what the hell she wanted to, but just like taking control of her life and, and what, how she was feeling in that moment. How many more ways can that woman get fucked though? <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. <laughs> like, <it> just <laughs> Maybe you're not a lady. I don't know. Like that. That series, I think I loved it so much. And this is not TMI. I mean, for those that listen, like I am an open book. If you know me professionally, like this is when you pause or you skip ahead by two minutes. Like I, it reminded me so much of my life in some ways. I hope none of my family listen, but um, it, it is real. Like it's a true thing to have such an enjoyable experience in your single years or like your early adulthood that when you get into the more established, like long-term parts of your life, it's like, damn, (laughs) you know what I mean? You have to remind yourself, like it's a, you don't have to keep searching for bigger and better. This is what it's like. Like, you know what I mean? Um, The past and nostalgia that we connect with never goes out of style. And I know, I think you know this from where your work is and where our minds go, but um, our memories, the bad things are never as bad as we remember them to be, and the good things are never as good as we remember them to be. 
That's exactly right. Like I, the only difference is this is a TV show, not real life, which you and I talk about all the time. Like let's stop pretending like our lives is a romantic comedy or like mini series on Netflix. And so like I j- refuse to make permanent decisions like that or decisions that involve other people and their feelings. And, and, and then inevitably like you date and, and you know, you be with the person you marry, like you choose them every day, despite the nostalgic feelings you have of the past despite the experiences that you have of the past, like you still choose that person every day. So, I mean, that's where the difference is. So if Thomas ever listens, like, hey, hun, I choose you every day still. But um, yeah, I'm, I loved Sex Life. I binged it without Thomas, might I add. <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, I, I'm halfway through Goliath. Um, which is on Prime, and huh. it's been it's been as good as I think if this is the third year. It's been it, it's really good. I'm very excited. It's the first show in a while. I'm excited to finish. And then um, a friend of mine asked me if I knew anything about this, and I saw a link for it on on a news website that I go to, and it's a, this this ultra violent Netflix show. Uh, ultra violent Netflix show. And I'm like, how could I not know about this? And now I'm like, I think oh, I saw that. I've been overlooking it the whole time, and I will give it a look tonight, especially if I can finish up Goliath. And I probably glossed over it because I saw that it was South Korean, and usually I don't want to do um, captions or the dubbing. Sometimes the dubbing is more more manageable for me, but I believe it's on the homepage of everybody's Netflix because Squid Game is the number one show on Netflix right now. And all I read was it's an ultra-violent version of The Hunger Games. So I have not seen it. Oh, ultra-violent? Ultra-violent. Ultra-violent. Oh, Squid Game is ultra-violent. Yeah. I I did not watch it because I was particularly, and I forgot to share this with you this weekend, but I think our batteries were both empty. I was particularly glued to and finished Midnight Mass which I don't know if you and I have talked about that or not. Um, I'll look it up real fast. Keep talking. So so Midnight Mass is, um, was created by Mike Flanagan, who created um, Haunting on Hill House and oh, okay. Bly Manor. And it was fantastic. Fantastic. I picked up on it after like episode two, that there were way too many parallels with the camera angle and how they chose and like how they did some of the monologues. And I said, this is very, this is giving me very Haunting on Hill House or Hill House on Haunting Hill or and Bly Manor. Like it was giving me those vibes. So I looked it up online and sure enough, the director and producer was Mike Flanagan, um, the creator who created those films. But this piece of work he was describing as like his like work of a lifetime because it was so personal to him compared to the others. It was absolutely fantastic. I would highly recommend it. I'm in. A couple of the actors are the same as well. Um, Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, The older guy that looks like another actor. um, Yep. So, and this Rahul Kohli guy. I really like him. um, I've seen him in some stories and he's popped up in my Twitter feed. Like I like him a lot and I guess mm-hmm. he, he looks different in every role, but those were a couple of the people that were in the haunting of Bly Manor. But yeah, yep. I, I, I'm into, uh, are we talking, uh, what, what's it on Netflix? It is on Netflix. And I think it came out, I want to say a couple weeks ago, the 24th. Um, just, so just last week. Yeah. 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 So, um, it, 
I mean, just fantastic. Like I enjoyed every second of it. We really had to like turn it off so that I could go to sleep because I had to go to the soccer game in the morning and have stuff that I had to do. Um, it's, I, you know, I always think that things are fantastic where sometimes people don't enjoy them as much. So obviously take that with a grain of salt, but I just thought it was so good. The twists and the turns, it, it really was worth it. And I was, it snuck up on me. Like, you know, we were looking forward to Bly Manor and haunting on, you know, haunting of Hill House um, because we knew about those things coming. I didn't see Midnight Mass coming. So I was really pleasantly surprised that there was something for me to binge that was of this style and genre and just as good as it was. So good job to Mike Flanagan. I'm in, I'm in. Um, so that's that. Uh, we talked about that coffee house in Wazion special grounds over the weekend. Yeah. And I said to you that someone's going to be bothered by the name. So special Mm. grounds is a place. And I always think I mispronounce Wazion, but whatever. Um, uh, it's a place where uh, special needs, and that's what it was in the story on 13 ABC, special needs high school kids can get experience in the workforce. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of creation and collaboration. And um, I just had this discussion with several people recently. Like, someone is always going to be bothered. Another person who you think might be bothered isn't going to be bothered at all. And it's called Special Grounds. You said you would prefer it would be called What? unique grounds i i'm i was just throwing a name out there i feel like i understand that the use of the term special grounds like i get the it is it, it's meant to be a pun maybe no. i just don't is it not like i don't i mean but you have to think about it like pun is that is a joke well okay not a okay not a joke then it's meant to be a play on words like a, a double meaning yeah but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would have. But even um, see, I think when I when I gave thought about you calling it unique grounds, mm-hmm. um, and I'll say that you didn't put that much thought into it. But I was like, no, I did not. <laughs> you know what? No matter what it is, someone's gonna be bothered because I could look at unique and special are could be synonymous, could be synonyms of one another. Um, but it's a great idea, and I'm glad it's happening. And the only reason I would give it any shit is if the coffee actually sucked. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not. So I wouldn't give it shit. If I would be <laughs> perfectly okay with the coffee sucking. I just, I don't know if, I don't know. Like, I don't, and I don't have a problem with it either. I don't even cringe at the name. I'm just like, really? They couldn't have come up with something different than, like, still a play on words, but that didn't involve spe- special? Um, you know, although these individuals are special people and they deserve like to have jobs and they deserve to feel like anybody else in the community and they deserve normalization. Um, I agree with all of those things, but they're also called special needs people, you know, and that's where I'm like, mm, is anyway, I get it. I get it. I'm not like cringing or upset about it. I'm not one of those people, but I could, I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I whenever I get into one of those situations, I do my best. To, I I literally try to fumble or mumble <laughs> over my words so I can convey a, that I'm put not a trying to in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, so I can convey what we're trying to talk about without offending anybody because you that's why it's 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 just about the the intent, the intent. And I will give them a hard time if the coffee sucks. And the only the only latitude I'll give them is these are kids, although they're probably like two years away from actual barista age. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yes, and that's that's how exactly how I would show you that I'm treating them equal to anyone else. If it sucks, I'm going to say it sucks. And that, like, my reason for being that way is like we do so much work in our like in the field of mental health, and this and it extends well beyond mental health. Like, my friend Vera that works over at the Ability Center will sometimes share the appropriate language when you're referring to someone. So it's person-centered language. So you're instead of saying a disabled person or a handicapped person, you're saying a person with disabilities. So person first, um, where for in this case, it would be like, instead of like a special needs person, a, a, a person with special needs or even still with disabilities. So you're not necessarily referring to, you know what I mean? Like specializing one way or the other, but again, not relevant good for this own business owner and creating a model um to strive for in other places within our our community like good for you uh the ability center has been in the news a lot lately they have a new director mm-hmm. um and oh i haven't seen that yeah, his name is Stuart james and i will send you the blade article i set aside because i have locked him in for an interview on Great. On October 14th. And, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Ability Center. Um, I love Jenny Barlos over there. My friend Katie um, is now Sarah, at the Sarah, let's add Sarah to the list. I don't know who's Sarah. Um, Sarah and I communicated a lot. She came out to the center and met us. She's one of the program directors. She's fantastic. She's okay. so sweet. Yeah, they have great people over there. A great mission. I'm always happy to help them in whatever way. And, um, I mean, I would have talked about it and welcomed Stuart, or if they're like, hey, would you talk to him? I'd be like, absolutely. But he seems to have um, a really incredible story, and not from, mm-hmm. like, overcoming anything, but he has lived a lot of places, and mm-hmm. people like that usually have great stories to tell. And if I if I do recall the Blade article, so he came from somewhere in California, it might have been in Fresno, um, yeah. to come to Toledo. And I think part of his wanting to come here was to get back closer to his home area of New York. And apparently he's like a big time New York Rangers fan. So Oh nice. Um but he's just got a pretty cool background and been a bunch of places and I think he lived like in Asia somewhere. So I just want to ask him to tell some stories when he's on the podcast. Yeah, um, the the previous executive director, Tim Harrington, was a really nice person and we did a lot of trainings with the um, Center for Nonprofit Resources together, as well as Ash, who I think is still there. Um, but I'm working really closely with the Ability Center because I will be doing their mental health first aid training and certification for them in October. Excellent. So I've been working pretty closely with them for a while. Yeah, it's a great place. That's why I try to always give them a little bit of love on the air because um, people should know about them because I'm fairly mm-hmm. certain that everybody that lives here has passed by their building one time or a hundred times, depending on how often you drive Monroe Street in Sylvania. And it's just very, it's very not unassuming, but it's there and it's very important to our area. And I, I believe, um, and I, I think this service is available to many organizations. I can't specify which one over the other, but they came out here to the center to meet with me because I wanted them to look at my building and determine if there was any recommendations that they had. Like my building was created ADA compliant. And so like countertops and all of that stuff is ADA compliant, but like what extra things can I do and or can I partner with you in case I need them? And literally like the next day or a few days later, someone came in from a hospital that was literally immobile and I didn't have any wheelchair or walker. And so the ability center is able to step in and provide those things for me as a business 
um, for the sake of the clients that I work with. And so I'm just incredibly grateful for them. You're right. Like they're just fantastic. That's going to be a really good podcast. Yep. Also uh, Priscilla, shout out to Priscilla Roman. She's there too. I'm excited to welcome him on. Welcome him on. Um, last thing. So I got invited to be a judge for a dog <laughs> costume contest on Saturday at Levis Commons. So um, can you dress up Petey and Sonny? When is it? Saturday from three to four at Levis Commons. I can't. I just have to. We thought about like what their Halloween costumes were going to be this year. Um, I, yeah, I can see if I can find one for them. They're both like little minis, like little low rider dogs. My aunt calls them. I just have to find one. Like I can dress them up in what I feel like they deserve, which Pete should be in an inmate costume. And Sunny can literally be in a police officer costume because she's the fun police. But um there you go that's too that's too obvious <laughs> oh so very very last thing um you want to throw a couple of minutes at britney spears and the fact that people <sighs> were listening to more than her music so yeah so then you've seen this yeah so i watched um so britney's been in the news recently because of her dad stepping down as conservator although he's stepping down with stipulations like i think he wants something like two million dollar payout for her um but there, that's happening. But there's two documentaries that are coming out. There's already one that's out on Hulu and then Netflix released one today, which I'm interested in watching. And they admit to one of her previous security guards. So like the security company that was owned, I believe, by her and they're employed by her. Um, somebody quit when he found out that things were happening to Britney that he did not know was not approved by her. And so they had uh, listening devices in her bedroom, allegedly and they mirrored her iphone so they she had begged for an iphone so this is how much control they had again which is not out of the ordinary for guardianships and conservators it's just this is all new because this is britney spears she's a billion dollar pop star million dollar pop star so this isn't out of the ordinary for the record but she had to ask for an iphone so she wanted an iphone and had to ask her father for permission to get one he agreed to it but he agreed to it because he knew that he could mirror her phone with an iPad. So he basically synced her phone with an iPad without her knowing. So any kind of text message she would get or send, he saw phone calls she would get or send, he saw um, notes, pictures, Facebook messages, any kind of communication, essentially anything she did on her phone, he could see on the iPad and she didn't know. So he was able to have control over that. That's unacceptable. So there was so many things that were coming out that were completely unacceptable for somebody who's in a conservatorship or a guardianship. Um, there was just a lack of privacy, um, a lack of self-autonomy. Like it was all sorts of things that were all wrong that now came out allegedly from the said security guard and her previous assistant and things like that. And it's, it's getting um, interesting and, and I feel badly for her. I still though, um, don't know if I feel like freeing her is the correct thing to do. But again, I, I just really, I really feel for her. It's, that sounds absolutely awful. I'm cynical about it. Um, mm. I mean, I mostly don't care <laughs> other than <laughs> what you've talked about. That this should raise more questions about conservatorships for the average person. Like, 
are these people saying these things because they were paid or they've got mm-hmm. an axe to grind? Mm-hmm. Um, did did whatever whatever shape whatever state Britney was in during these times was some of this secrecy in the mirroring of her devices was it necessary? Um, I don't know if we're ever going to get answers, and it's probably just best. Like I I, I struggle that. I struggle with the idea that we can't find somebody who's ultra objective and get that person involved in her life as quickly as possible so that I don't have to be so cynical about these things. I think that you can. And I actually believe um, currently because like my thoughts and opinions change over time as more information comes out. It's still been pretty much the same with the whole Britney situation. And I think because her situation is out of the ordinary, that is also why there was a little bit more control. I think your average person that's living here in like a, you know, a group home or somewhere that does have a guardian um, does have more rights than what she had because they're not a million dollar pop star with contracts and like a a life if that makes any sense and i will also say on a personal note like i'm not defending her father at all or her family members because there's multiple family members that i think supported her father i think there's absolutely shady things that he had done and said and behave like getting a percentage of her earnings compared to just being paid to be her conservator like i think that there was absolutely shady things that were happening there but you also have no idea what it's like to have a loved one or a family member with a severe mental illness or struggling with drug or alcohol addiction. Like you don't know what it's like. You don't know the fear of, is my loved one going to harm themselves? There's many people who do. And some of you who respond perfectly, like good for you, but there's also friends and family who ha- who love someone who is struggling with the serious addiction, which we know Brittany was, and is also struggling with the severe mental illness, which we know Brittany has. We just don't know which one. And so you have no idea what it's like to see that person destroy themselves and their lives because they're going untreated um, or like their issues are going unaddressed. And the amount of control that you're willing to have on someone is... Um, it's hard. Like it's hard to be judgmental when you're in a place of privilege where you've never experienced that. If that makes any sense, like you would shock yourself at how much you're willing to control somebody and their comings and goings just to ensure they're not doing something to harm themselves behind your back. Every, any one of those text messages could be, Hey, Brittany, come do a line of Coke with me. That it, Exactly. And, um, it's, you know, there were so many things about this that are absolutely awful, absolutely awful. But at the same time, like, she, it seems as though she was struggling with some really serious challenges in her life that required a high level of supervision. It just shouldn't have been her father. It right. shouldn't have been her family member. And the uniqueness of this is she has the capacity and the ability to make millions. Like most people with guardians don't even have a job, like right. guardianships or conservatorships. They don't make money. They're on social security. And I think I said that months ago. And so that makes things a whole lot easier than this kind of circumstance. Um, all right, we're done for today. What do you have? Uh, I will, I will watch the midnight mass tonight. Um, oh, I, I'm excited to get home and do some watching tonight. What do you have planned for your night? Uh, COVID test is happening. I've got some groceries that I'm sending my mom to pick up. Bless her heart. So I'm going to make some dinner when I get home. Um, and that's really it. I will say give midnight mass. Like I think the first two episodes were setting things up. So there isn't a whole lot of excitement but there is a lot of interest and also they live in a way that I have always wanted to live. So pick up, you'll pick up on that right away. Like I have always imagined that for myself. It's just, I can never make that happen. 
the way the way the location the geographical location and how they live seems so simple and lovely to me hmm. okay all right i'm in thanks for the tip you're welcome and i will talk to you later on via the text message we shall okay bye 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 you stay right there because my friend janet amid is on the way. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I really intended to come out on Sunday, but I had some things happen, and I was in a fog, so I didn't. Oh, no. But I'm sure it went really well, right? It, it went really well. Everything was extremely good, and it was really busy. We were, we were just jam-packed. I mean, it was just, it was such an eventful day. I mean, I would have loved to have seen you out there. But it's okay. We're having another one in March of next year, so I'm going to have it then. But, you know, everything is really interesting because when we started, everything was great. And then towards the end of the day, as Mercury began its descent into retrograde, and it went retrograde 10, 10 p.m. around there on the 26th of September, Sunday. But everything started getting a little shaky, and then there were a few arguments that kind of took place with people. What was and that? it was about the, about the masks and everything else, and it oh, was just... Jesus. Oh, yeah. It was just... And I said, Mercury's retrograde coming up. We're all going to fight today. So it, it was towards the end. It was like around maybe 4, 30, 4 o'clock. Everybody got a little... I just could tell it was just that Mercury aspect kicking in. It's like, holy triple moly. Here we go. Um... On so I had to, I, I did Komen stuff Sunday morning, and I I pulled away from Tim Hortons before getting my debit card, and oh. I also ran a red light near work later on in the day. Like my brain was up my butt, so I just decided to shut it down. That's not like you though. I, that you don't do those things. I you you know. try to follow the rules. <laughs> I, I do my yes. And I, I never lose like the things that people commonly lose. Keys, debit card, or phone. And Ooh. that was an early in the morning sign to uh to be on alert for anything the universe was gonna try and throw at me and it threw things in and apparently it threw things at your event as well. Oh, well, that's okay. You know what? As long as you're okay and safe, that's all that really matters. Yeah, I am. I'm happy about that. What uh, What other fun stuff is going on with you? Well, Mercury is retrograde. We already know that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Saturn and Jupiter are both in a tizzy because they're both in retrograde. So you have these two major uh, planets in retrograde. So there's a lot of little chaotic things going on. And um, that's been going on for a short while, but it's just all this chaos. And I and when I and I always say to my clients, when I feel it, I know it's bad because I do not I do not feel things the way other people feel because I already know you know, what to expect and what not to expect. I've been fighting with my boyfriend. We've been arguing about things. And he finally said to me the other day, he goes, we don't argue. What's going on? I said, Saturn is retrograde, Jupiter is retrograde, and now Mercury is retrograde. And he goes, you know, I don't believe in all that. I said, but you have to believe it. Look at how we're arguing about ridiculous things. So it is what it is. So, you know, when, when you have these retrograde motions and things kind of get chaotic and crazy, people are just, they're just in a tizzy, and that's the bottom line. It's a really weird transit. 
So we just have to kind of hope for the best and just hope that we don't continuously go through this. It's going to go direct on the 18th of October. Saturn will go direct the first week, I believe, of uh, October. And then Jupiter, which is ruling Sagittarius. So all you Sagges out there are really feeling it. All you Aquarians out there, Taurus, uh, Scorpios out there are really feeling the effects of this chaotic transit. It's affecting everybody, but it affects us all in different ways. Got to keep your chin up and know that there are better days. I'm a very Pollyanna type of person. I always see, try to see the good in everything. And that good is saying that this is a temporary transit. We just have to get through it. Coast. Um, there you go. You we, heard it from the wizard. We, you're not a wizard. You're a sorceress. And the only thing that we can say is we get through it all the other times and we'll hopefully get through this one. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we have some awesome people who have connected with me and they would like some mini readings from the great they, sorceress. I know. We have some really interesting people, you know, asking questions. And I'm excited about that. So the, you had one person who was saying... Um, he, I believe it is, uh, let me just make sure I have Jay. And Jay is saying, I, I need to know what's going to happen with my career. It's time to make a career change. Okay. Well, Jay is born September 20th. So that puts Jay in the sign, under the sign of Virgo. So had he been born about a day or maybe two days later, he would have been a Libra. So Jay is one of those people who likes to learn a lot. Virgos are very methodical people, but because of his emotional sign, remember the moon travels every two and a half days. On the day that he was born, the moon happened to fall in Sagittarius, which is a sign of psychology, philosophy, communication, all that fun stuff. So he is always seeking out. I don't know his time of birth, so I can see, according to his chart, he's very up and down with himself because the Virgo part says, I need to sit tight, have every hair in place, be very consistent. The moon, which rules the emotions, heart, feeling, soul, is Sagittarius that says, but I want to explore, travel the world, and just learn a lot about philosophy, psychology, and all that good stuff. So he's saying, I want to make a career change. And I'm saying, you know, I don't know what he is doing currently, but I would say that this is a very analytical person. He would work wonderfully well with kids. He seems to have a good you know, handle on teaching. He would be a good philosopher, psychology, therapy. Um, he would be a very good um, financial person because he really has that, he has it down when it comes to numbers because that's very Virgo-ish. And also, did you know that Virgos make the best chefs as, as well as Taurus? They make really good healthcare workers. So I'm not sure what he's going into, but I would say almost criminal justice, healthcare. You want to cook, cook. But there's a lot of things that he can do. He's so multifaceted, it's hard to pick one particular aspect. But I want him to understand that he had had a cycle way back in 2012 through 2014. That was a big transition at the age of 27 to 30. So now, whatever he began at that time, he's revamping his life. So I could, those areas, that I just mentioned are what I would definitely say go into. But I would, if I had to choose, I would probably say psychology, teaching, um, something working with animals. You know, he's very compassionate with animals, which I love people that are compassionate with animals. That's a good thing. And so I would say anything like that would okay. be really good. All right. Next up is Miranda. Miranda's a cancer and has concerns that her wife may be cheating on her. And the wife's birth date is uh, a Pisces. 
So Miranda is a cancer with moon in Virgo. Moon is emotion. So Miranda is fit to be tied. And when I looked at her wife's birthday, I went, holy triple moly. I don't know if I would say her wife is cheating. I just think her wife doesn't express very well. They do not communicate at all. You have one person, which is Miranda, who is communication plus communicative, funny, humorous. And then you have this, you know, her wife is, is just more of a secrecy. I don't even, I wouldn't say it's as much cheating as I would say in that inability to express. They're sort of like that difficulty with showing her cards, showing how she feels. The need for balance is very important for both of them. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that her I wouldn't I didn't look at this and automatically go, okay, she's cheating. I am looking at this going, she doesn't express herself. So therefore, because Miranda is not getting what she needs from her partner, she automatically thinks that she's she's giving that to someone else. But I don't think that's it. I just think her her partner is more of a I'm not going to show you what I feel and really doesn't have the best judgment calls and perception. So they need to sit down, get some counseling, work on their issues. You know, they're both really uptight and they both lack communication big time. So somebody has to communicate and intervene and communicate with them. That's what I would say. When two people can't communicate, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, most people get together because of the chemistry and the sexual attraction. But after a while, when that kind of, when you just want to go to bed, scratch your button and, you know, turn over and just say, you know what, when you get out of bed, it's when you have to work on it. My father used to say, any man can go to bed with you, but not every man can get up in the morning and deal with the daily routine of life, you know. So you have to look at that. So after a point, if you don't communicate with each other, I just think it's up there with sex and attraction. You have to have that. Yep. All right. Uh, last up is Ben. Ben. Ben's feeling a little lost. Ben is a Scorpio. He's so freaking doggone intense. Holy moly. He has like six, no, he, yeah, six planets in Scorpio. That is all about intensity. He's saying, I just need to know what is going on with my friends. Well, this is a man who is very nice. I mean, if I had to say it, I would say his work, his delivery is not good. He's a good person. He's humanitarian. His heart, his moon sign is in Aquarius, which is all about friendships. I want to have that connection with others. But then you have to work on your delivery. You're doing something wrong if people are leaving you. Because he says people are leaving him. What is going on? Losing what we he thought was strong, were strong relationships. Well, I always say when, when something's going on in my life, I step back. And I always have to say, what am I doing wrong? Something's happening. When you have five or six people in the group, and out of those five or six people, four have left, what are you doing wrong that's causing that? So he has to really take a look at that. There's something with his delivery. He's a good guy, good heart, good intentions, but, man, your delivery sucks. And astrologically, man, this retrograde is knocking you on your butt. It will probably ease up around October 18 because things will calm down a little bit. The retrograde is taking place in your moon sign, which is your emotions. So hopefully that's going to balance you out a little bit. So hopefully it'll work out for him. Excellent. Yeah, and you're right. Uh, if if, this, if similar things keep happening to you, it's time to take an yeah. objective look in the mirror and go, maybe it's me. What can I get better at? Where are my blind spots? 
I, I always say that to myself because I'm, I'm totally not perfect. And I make mistakes and I say things and I go, okay, I must have had a bad delivery. Mm. So basically, in a nutshell, if anybody would like to get a hold of me to understand what their delivery is all about, call me at 419-882-5510, 419-882-5510, or email me. We're back on track, sweetie. Email you at janetaminateaol.com. Oh, didn't I say that? Yeah, no, that's but, right. But I just did. And in a minute, AOL. And we will be on next Tuesday. I have it in the books. Uh, let me make sure. Uh, we've been very fortunate uh, to have a lot of great guests lately, and that's why it's been hard to fit you in. It's okay. But I miss my my coffee friend, Janet Amid. I know. And if it can't work, don't worry about it. We'll make it work somehow, some way. Okay? I'm awesome. always good about that. All right. I'll talk to you and your hummus soon. Okay, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye.